Yo, it's still Dre from DTE, Deep Theory Experience Podcast. What up, though? Well, why? And I got your girl, why? Feeling like I'm Jaro. Bitch, I'm always on time. Got my soldiers on time. If you want that 4 5, come in, man, like Jordan. Bitch, you know I'm scoring. Okay. You are tuning Yo. in. Uh, what? All right, man, you tuning in to DTE, the Deep Theory Podcast, here with your host, JB2, back at it with the compadres. I know it's been a while. I'm going to make them introduce themselves. Uh, or actually, I can introduce them myself. You know, we're going to do it different this year, okay? So we got Deanne, we got Mandisa, we got my boy, Mr. Embrack, and still drain the building. Yes, we, we are here, yeah. ETE, yeah? You know what I said? Let's, let's <laughs> tell us what, yo, you know what? You know what, Jay? I'm going to drop a bomb for you still, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to drop a bomb. I'm On drop the soundboard, though? I'm going to drop a bomb for you, man. I'm going to drop a bomb. Though? <laughs> it's so early for this. Yeah, I got to drop a bomb for Jay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, it's um, we back, we're live, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's a brand new year, guys. Uh, 21. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Made it. 21. it's a 21, 21. <laughs> it is a, it, it's a clean slate for everyone. It's a brand new fresh air, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like... This is uh, the year of changing the game. I feel like if you want to change the game, you got to start from jump, you know? And I feel like we're going to try to do that with this podcast. Um, how you guys feeling about the new year? Like, what, what, what's your goal for this month? How do you, how you see yourself starting off? Or do you guys have any little micro goals that you guys set? One of my biggest goals, I think, for this year is to um, focus on building and rebuilding certain friendships. Um, so there are, like, I actually the other day made a list of people that, you know, mean a lot to me um, and people that mean a lot that I haven't really connected with over the years as much. Um, so that, and then also um, there's a friend who... I used to be really, really close with, and you know, I kind of had to like cut this person off for some reasons. Um, and what, what, what? and we are now back, like talking again, and like we've talked about rebuilding our friendship, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that's one of those friendships, those rebuilding of friendships that I that I'm referring to. Um, and then just like making it a habit to like randomly pick up the phone and call you guys, like call Deanne, call Daryl, call Dre, Jermaine, whoever, Jarrell, like just people and, you know, just make sure everybody's good um, and try not to only limit conversations to text message or, or on social media. So. That's beautiful. And to to keep going throughout, like, you know, over time. But, like, this year, it's like I actually want to be conscious about doing those things starting this year anyway. So, yeah. I'm just going to, like, cue in on that. Um, Like, just just hearing what Mandy's talking about, like, calling people. But one thing, like, I took kind of, like, it made me feel good was on my birthday when people were calling. Um, I don't, I'm not really one to really call people. I don't, like, it's just not me. But I'm going to make that effort on, into calling people a little bit more often, like just here and there occasionally. 
So like, the whole birthday call, like it, it just made people feel good. So I think it's just nice to hear people's voices instead of just going through messages. I think that's one of the yeah. biggest things. And like, just even today, like I got a random call from Jarrell. <laughs> and <laughs> I, like the last time I really spoke to Jarrell was actually a couple of days ago on the phone. And then I thanked him for like the whole college experience for like looking out for me and stuff. So I think since then, like he's just been calling me a lot more. We actually have been talking a lot more. So I hear what you're saying. Like that's actually a really good thing to do. I feel like it's a lot more meaningful and impactful on people. So yeah. again, we should all do that. And, yo, shout out to Jermaine. Yeah. Oh, yo, thank you. Yo, thank you, Drake. <laughs> you I appreciate that, man. Do Don't be calling out my government name. It's JB2 here, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, bro. No govies? <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Dre. Well, I think I wanna... just um, do more creating. Uh, actually do a lot of rekindling with my family you know there's uh like learning from christmas there's like a lot of extended family that i even know about you know so just a lot of reaching out to family that don't even know who i am and i don't know who they are so kind of doing that and kind of seeing where that goes and uh yeah just attacking every day uh you know with a, a great sense of purpose you know i don't want to if I feel like I let down today, I'm going to get back even more tomorrow, you know? So that's my uh, that's my big step that I want to do uh, going forward for this year. I feel like to go into my 2021 goals, I have to share my highs and lows with you for 2020. Um, so you could kind of see what has impacted my decisions for 2021. Go ahead, um, girl. Speak your mind, first, queen. Speak the your first mind. one would be, I, obviously, we've all had highs and lows this year, um, some more than others. But I think appreciating the lows is a big thing for 2020. So biggest one for all of us is probably COVID-19 in many different ways, in many different formats. Um, for me specifically, I feel like it delayed my growth at work. Um, there's also social injustice. We saw that. Um, We've seen it every year, but we saw that in a big way this year. And that's impacted my life personally as well as um, at work. And then I personally, when I reflected and sat down the other day to kind of prepare, I realized that the biggest thing that I did was I neglected my health. So I was less active. I wasn't playing sports because of COVID. Um, I didn't want to work out. I just kind of sat and worked for the most part. And then... I wasn't eating the way that I should have. So I gained weight on top of that. So looking at all that and then looking at, yes, I did see that, but I saw some highs too. Um, I saw that I gained recognition at work because of the work ethic and like me staying, sitting all day, basically. I spent time with my family. I enhanced my financial portfolio because I saw the importance of that because this year was different and unlike any other. So when I reflect on all of those, in 2020, I kind of think of um, 2021 as overall growth. So from that, spiritually, getting closer to God, physically, uh, getting more active, getting up, um, mentally, kind of just focusing on what I can do to improve myself um, and those around me, and then financially, just keep building on my financial acumen um, and keep investing. So. I feel like I had to reflect on 2020 first before I went into 2021 um, and try to be a new me. I like that. That's big. Um, 
fact that you can go <clears throat> and take that low where you felt like, you know, I got everyone has their own way of talking about their mishaps, you know. So for you to tap in about, you know, you felt that you weren't eating right or you felt like you gaining weight wasn't really comforting for you. Um that's big. A, a lot of people didn't really get to hear you be that's vulnerable, you know? So I I see you, D. I see you. Yeah. Um, I love it and um I feel like you're going to bounce back in a mighty big way for sure. This is this is your year. I'm not even doubting. This is your year. You know what I'm saying? Aiming it. Facts. Speaking into existence. Well, yeah. I'm going to use this a pen. And this This is my notebook that I'm going to write down all my dreams, aspirations, goals, topics for the podcast, doing things for myself. Yeah. So, just self-development um because I've noticed that I've been slacking on that um last year. Um and I also want to bounce off of uh what Mandisa said. I think it's best that I also learn how to connect more with people. So it will be people with the podcast. It will be other people that I cut ties with that I necessarily shouldn't have cut ties with. Um rebuilding and growth. Yeah. Yeah, that's big, bro. Um, just to piggyback off what you guys are well, what you and Deanne were talking about in terms of highs and lows. So I guess we could dive into that. Legit, you know, obviously the beginning of the year still had the the cast as you guys all know, you know. Um, but uh to take it off going into the I think it was the first week. I can't remember. Anywho, um still learning how to walk was like a big thing for me and though i was happy to take off the cast eventually um just readjusting to you know walking and how to channel in my depression um actually like reading books and talking to people about certain things was um it was a huge thing but at times i had a low like it it was low points for me because there was a lot of things i just kept to myself you know um and um i think a big low for me was just the whole you know black lives matter thing um some you know seeing how it affected all you guys you know like this to see you know we had to like i think we had to like cancel se- sessions because you know certain people didn't want to talk you know i remember how d expressed like she was just exhausted you know i remember mandisa saying how she's just emotionally drained you know um and i could just see how angry it was making dre you know so um yeah there was a lot of lows but i looked at all the positives right like i felt like you know we made a lot of great things happen i made a lot of great things happen you know um i learned a lot of new things you know graphic designing the guitar uh you know me and Mandy learning how to freaking uh roller skate you know like those yes, are fun. you know what i mean she told me how to moonwalk you know what i mean i didn't think it was possible but you know like those are things that i hold on to and um it was some normalcy that i felt that you know we can have that in 21 no one knows what's going to happen but i mean we've gone through the storm and now we can kind of weather the storm in 21 if that makes sense you know there were shitty things that happened and unfortunate things that happened some of which you guys have touched on like black lives matter stuff 
um, which, yeah, has been super draining and just frustrating to witness and to deal with um, as, in, as an individual. Um, I think, though, in my personal life, um, I try to... I, I've tried, especially this year, to look at things as like, what is this negative thing or this thing that I think is negative? What is this trying to teach me? And try to look at, like, flip it and look at it as a lesson. Um, so that being said, um, some of you know that, you know, I've lost quite a, quite a lot of female friends towards the end of the year, which it's a blessing, was hurtful. <laughs> it was hurtful at first. Um but I think now in talking to people and just really reflecting on certain things and thinking back to certain times, I think, yeah, I think it is a blessing in disguise and I've learned to look at it that way. Um, and so that's one thing. Another thing is um, in the past on the podcast, even I've talked about being in a long distance relationship and um, it would have been this, year this march would have been three years with that person and we broke up um and Ooh. at first it was it was like i don't understand why this isn't working i mean obviously i knew why it wasn't working but it's like why is this another relationship that's not working um and just dealing with that was definitely a low but also again another i guess blessing in disguise because you know not everybody that you date is going to be for you and who you're meant to be with obviously um so yeah so those were some lows um and yeah i think for the most part i think that's it um but yeah like i 2020 has def definitely like taught me a lot about even myself um, and, you know, the people around me and, and just life in general. So although there was a lot of lows, there were a lot of lessons. That's big that you can, that's big that you can channel those things as lessons, right? Some people manifest it differently. So yeah. I mean, it's that, taken, it's taken a lot. Cause oh, of course. usually for me, it's like, I don't understand why this is happening to me. And like, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Da, 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 the, all that stuff. Yeah. But, the emotional wave. Yes, exactly. Which you know is like my middle yes. name, you know, <laughs> hyphen wave. Yeah, um, let no pun intended on your hair. You know, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so so yeah. Oh man, um, I can start from the lows. Um, just kind of just well being home for so long though, like. As you guys, as I, as I shared, like, like in other episodes or other conversations that we've had, um, just being on my own, like for so long, not being able to like really like interact with people or even doing the things that I was really accustomed to doing, um, not being able to go to the gym for like a minute, but having to find different ways to like at least get some type of some type of exercise um not being able to work which i'm just so like so used to doing um yeah it definitely feels weird as a man not being at work doing something being productive yeah that was that was such a heavy hit like i felt like, like i felt so useless like and it was already out of my control and like 
even trying to find a job now, like it's not easy. And I also feel that like I'm, I wouldn't be settling for something that I don't want to do. Like, so, um, mentally it's just been super draining. Um, just like y'all already mentioned, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, like that did not help. Like it was important and like it needed to happen, but it was still a lot. Like just having different conversations with people, what, well, with everybody, basically, even like non-black friends trying to understand or trying to get a feel of like, yo, what's really going on? Like the stuff has been going on. Like, yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> this is my life. Like, it might not happen like every single day, but like, no, it happens. Like, but um, um, one thing that I was li- I was listening to like another podcast and like their breakdown of like the year, and one of the members of the podcast was talking about like yo like not having hobbies and i'm just like bro i relate i don't have any hobbies <laughs> i really don't have any hobbies you gonna have hobbies. to find some new hobbies now bro Fam, i was legit just like I, I was listening to the, i was listening to the podcast and i'm like bro what do i like doing like and the, honestly like these are gonna be topics for like later um for other episodes but like just like yo <laughs> the man was talking about how if a girl was to ask me, like, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? And she's like, bro, I don't even know how to answer that. I legit don't know how to answer that. Like, so I don't know, bro, it's weird. Like, I guess really and truly, like 2020 did show me a lot about myself. Like, and just like losing contact with, with friends, people that I've, was even developed relationships with or friendships with, like a lot of things have changed, like, like drastically. And I mean, there's pros and there's cons to it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I just try not to like, I guess, look at to look at the negatives too much. To be honest, like, it's just about me trying to find myself. Really, like, I really gotta find myself. <laughs> that, that's that's really it. Like, that's really what my goal is for 21, bro. Like, I gotta find yeah. myself. I gotta, I gotta know who I am. like. I know who I am. But I gotta find stuff that I actually enjoy doing. I gotta find stuff that like is like productive in a sense, but I also enjoy doing it. Like not like obviously I enjoy doing the podcast and being a part of the podcast. But like when it's me time, like I don't want to sit here and just like watch Netflix <laughs> and like movies. Like that's another thing. Like I used to I used to enjoy going to movies, bro. Like I don't even know. Like I gotta really find something else to do. Like unprecedented times right now unprecedented times yeah, right now for true. sure it's true it's like crazy. you can't just go to the movie theater or like go to this place now like you're stuck at home so it's like i'm so limited or you're so limited now what like you have to Legit. be creative with like okay i've played video games i've watched netflix i've done this like what's next and yeah it's true you you do have to like really i guess learn yourself in a whole different way yeah yeah and the thing is the one thing you i find that i was low-key fearing was the repetitiveness of yes things right like oh i've watched yeah. netflix but like i have nothing else to do now so i'm gonna have to watch netflix again or you know <laughs> like when is nba season gonna come like you know like Yo. different things you know so i i, I definitely can relate to what you're talking about it's a different evolution of yourself right like yeah yeah that's really it like i have no choice but to 
do what I got to do and grow with it. And you know, one thing I even realized, which was mad crazy, like it's not really important, but like yo, I was looking to I was looking to watch Wonder Woman on my oh Xbox. Oh my gosh, bro! You know how much you know how much it costs to rent it though. Yes, it's like twenty four dollars, no? Fam, it's not. It's not even a movie ticket. Yeah, I know. That, I, that listen, I, I, that's crazy. Yo, it is I that VIP. it is. She's not yeah. lying. She's not lying. VIP. So the yeah. VIP experience is for my house? No, bro. I'm not. Yeah. No, come on. And then you have, and then you still have to pay if you want to order food and drinks and all that shit. Facts. Like, yeah. Yep. And then and then they I mean, have I, alcohol. I do pay it. I do pay it though, guys. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do not so like movies that for? much. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do I pay Yo, for? A comfy chair with a lot of space. <laughs> it's basically like a couch. This and killing me. I get to have food. I don't know, Frank. And you, also, you, you, get to reserve, you get to reserve your seat. I think that's one of the biggest things. Like, I know I can show up right when the movie starts and know that nobody's sitting in my spot. Ex- exactly. That's the biggest that's thing. And they of, serve alcohol. one of the biggest things. Yeah, they serve alcohol. You've never had somebody in your alcohol. spot even though, like, you No, because it? you reserve. No, you reserve. I have. I have. No, no, no. I'd be like, um, get the hell up. You know you're not supposed to be sitting here. <laughs> yo, you just gotta look at them. She's scrapping. them in the dark. She's scrapping. Like, She's literally scrapping. I am because it's like, hello. I know if you use those in little the football theater, shoulders. If you're in the theater, that means you looked at the screen to select where you were gonna sit. Legit. If you weren't happy with where you were sitting, you shouldn't have chose that spot. <laughs> like, Rats. get up, Rats. my Yo, yo, you know there's you, there's alternate finesses in the world. They're gonna be like, oh, there, this person's not here. I'm just gonna take a seat. <laughs> Yo, but man, don't even wait though. Like, like the movie hasn't even started. Like, it hasn't been like the middle of the movie, and man, they're still gonna bump into your seat when before the movie starts. That makes no sense. At least wait. Like, okay. <laughs> I will go. So, my name is Mandisa. Most people call me Mandy. I've had variations of other nicknames over the years from different Mandy! people. Mandy, Mandy, won't get. Okay, thanks, thanks, Jermaine. Um, and yeah, so I am, I guess, okay, I'm Trini. Um, I was born here. Both parents are Trini. Oh, for real? Um, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, heavily Trini. Like, my dad only speaks with a Trini accent. My mom can turn it on and off. My mom grew up in the States, actually. She spent most of her life in Miami. So she can turn on the, what you would call the Canadian accent. Um, the American accent and the Trini accent. Um, and when she's really pissed off, they all come out together. Um, but yeah, so Trini on both sides. Um, I would say that um, I'm an all around creative. Um, I went to school for fashion design. Um, I've had a, a, a brand for multiple years. Um, and what else? anyway um and um in the day like my nine to five i work at head office for hudson's day um what else i've known most of you i think the the person i've known the least would be daryl the person i've known for the longest time i think would be dre um and then 
shortly after that, Deanne, Jermaine's somewhere in the middle. But I'd say, um, like, I've known Dre for probably, like, what, 15 years or something now. Um, it's been a long time. Um, Blood clots. That's yeah, crazy. It's been a long time. Um, yes. So, yeah, we've known each other a long time. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much um me in a nutshell um i play football as you guys may have remembered from season one um i play qb and or wide receiver and or halfback um i kind of just play wherever i'm needed yeah she's a very versatile woman you know uh (laughs) she can just go into any situation and she does it if you guys need her just let her know yeah basically um so yeah, I love kids. I love babies. Um, now that is a huge fact. Like, fact. I cannot go anywhere in public and see a baby and not go, oh, look at the baby. Like, it's it's just impossible. Um, yeah, I love I love kids. Um, and um, yeah, so yeah, I think that's me in a nutshell. I don't think I left anything out. Gracias, amigo. Uh, what up, man? Um, name's Andre. Everyone calls me Dre. Still, Still Dre. Dre in the building. <laughs> um, Dre Slish, but that's for basketball only. Um, <laughs> um, about <laughs> me, well, my background, well, Canadian Jamaican, born in Canada, mother's born in Jamaica, came here. Um, I was premature uh, at birth. Hey, uh, me too. I had no idea, bro. Damn, wow. I was supposed to be born in February of 92. Uh, came out wow. November of 91. Wow. Um, Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you guys are learning something new, I guess, but... Facts. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned it at the cottage, but I didn't think it was like months like premature i thought it was like oh like a month a couple weeks or something yeah like that's that. what i was assuming too mm-hmm. oh man it was a good couple months um so my first christmas in the hospital um what about me bro like yo i love basketball still do to this day I don't play as much as i used to obviously um my coach basketball honestly i'm really just trying to like work with the youth um just based off like my childhood and um stuff i've experienced in my life growing up in a just a single parent home with my mom's um i always feel like it's necessary for me to kind of like give back and give like my presence to younger children around me Uh, i just feel like it's super important to have like a male influence or male role model and just growing up, I've had my fair share of like male role models from like daycares. And I can't say like, I, I appreciate them to like to the fullest and they don't even really fully know that. Like, um, <laughs> I've been able to reconnect or kind of bump into one of them randomly on my birthday like a couple years ago, which was a really good conversation. He didn't recognize me, but that's besides that. Um, about me now, like, I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure myself out, like I've said previously. Um, I I was in an environment where I enjoyed when it came to working. 
Um, obviously, COVID really messed a lot of things up for me. Um, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. I refuse to go down without a fight. And I won't stop. And I appreciate all the people that are around me because they've kept me level-headed and kept me kind of going in a sense. Um, and just developing deeper relationships and friendships with my people is, has helped me a lot. Um, yo, y'all have me really thinking deep about this stuff, deep theory. Yo, we deep, man. Deep, deep, deep. This guy went with um, the <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Um, I don't know what to really say about myself at this moment. Um, but I'm just glad to be a part of this and glad to able to be able to like connect with y'all on a deeper level. So yeah, I appreciate y'all for real. Muchos gracias, amigo. Um, we also appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Uh, the queen. <laughs> so my name is Deanne Diamond. I I won't say my last name because we're not going to do blood diamond <laughs> <laughs> i am nigerian canadian born and raised in toronto or the gta if we want to be specific um i'm a virgo high key virgo i went to middle school with mandis and dre went to vp with dre uh which is our high school uh graduated from ryerson with a bachelor of commerce in retail management specifically I've been working for TJX Canada for six years now. I Damn. love basketball. Um, played a lot of sports throughout my life, uh, still till this day, but obviously COVID. And I would say that's my life in a nutshell. I have, I feel like I live two lives, but we, we won't go there yet. Yo, you, yo uh, you're sick. Yeah, she is sick for that one. She's like, she's like, yo, I, I live in two lives. <laughs> Back. Oh man, that was hilarious though. But I appreciate you guys at least giving the fans a little insight on who y'all are, especially, you know, us being uh I'm single. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, so I'm okay. single. I was gonna I was gonna No, this guy didn't just Are you what? single? <laughs> yes, I am single too. Just... <laughs> I, I, I got so, it. I'm I'm single too. I've been single since last year, March. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so just to go off of the segment today, what we have in store, we are going to be talking about growing up black in Canada, or I should say Toronto, um, for most of us. Um, Scarborough, I guess if you want to really go into specifics. Um, so I guess um, we could talk about that. This kind of was influenced by a YouTuber called Ella Rose. Um, she's actually a big person on YouTube. She has a big following. So if you guys want to check her out, um, she's definitely got dope content. Uh, she's doing her thing and she's representing for the black people for sure. So bear banter, go check out. Which I love. Bear, bear, bear banter. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll kick it off. Um, for me growing up in uh, Scarborough, um, it was fun. I would definitely say it was fun for me. Um, you know, especially growing up with people that just look like you, 
and I don't say that in a disrespectful way. Y'all can kind of relate to what I'm talking about, but just kind of like you feel like, well, you know, this person's not greater than you, you know? Like, it's like, we're black. We live in a community. I feel at home, you know? So for me, that was a big plus growing up. Um, but for me, the difference between uh, my upbringing is, again, kind of what Dre was talking about, just a single mom home. Uh, so I obviously was trying to gain a lot from male role models, right? And a lot of my friends outside of the friends I had in my community were, uh, were white, you know, because I played hockey. So, you know, I would... That's different. You know, yeah, it is different. So, to me, um, you know, I was picking up certain things. And then I, I can, now that I look back, I can tell, like, I was a very shallow person at the point where, like, I would feel like I would have to hide certain things from my white friends, you know? I couldn't really, like, you know, like, you're very upbeat and open with your you know the people in your community because they see you they know your lifestyle you can't hide that you know whereas you know you like again you what you saying? You gotta, yeah i had a mask on as a kid um so um it was definitely different and i think um going into middle school it made me even realize like damn like i'm just a multicultural kind of guy like you know i just i'm friends with everybody you know mm -hmm. um but I do remember and do recall, like, just because I was playing hockey in Scarborough, you know, a lot of black people don't take kindly to that stuff, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I was getting, you know, shot on like crazy, you know? And even though he's not here on this podcast session right now, Cosby was one of those people who who bashed me a lot, you know? But we obviously, yeah, I know. We've talked about it, we hashed it, you know? I never really. I, it's nothing now, but then, like, you know, as a kid, you're like, damn, bro, like, <laughs> I can't like something, you know? You took it a little uh, to heart? Well, I don't, because I was, I'm a, I, then I was a true cancer. Like, I, I was very gullible, sensitive. I was a crybaby. Like, I was, yeah. yeah. Any Anything you said to me, I was taking it to heart. Like, really? Like, I can't play hockey? So, um, yeah, I just seen that um, at that time. Uh, it, I, I had a different upbringing than my friends, you know? Um, we all grew in the same area, but, like, I was doing different things, you know? My interest was very different from other people. So I guess, in Mandy's words, it kind of might seem weird, you know? No pun intended, you know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> but Jermaine, how long, like, how long... Wait, I got questions. Cause I'll, go I'm ahead. Like, let's, I let's didn't I know this. How long did you... <laughs> spend in Scarborough before you moved and did you find that you were treated differently when you moved outside yeah. of Scarborough for your Ooh. interest? Damn. Um, so I spent like 14, 15 years in Scarborough. I was born in um, Etobicoke General, but we had moved to Scarborough pretty much for like, I was like two months, right? So mm -hmm. um, again, um, I wasn't treated different in Scarborough. Like I've always been like, I like I Scarborough's home, you know, it's always gonna be home to me. But uh, I do understand, like I did realize like when I moved to Jane and Shepherd, that was a completely different cultural thing, right? Like that was, 
like I seen black people, but like I had black again. I had blacks, I had whites, I had, you know, browns, whatever the case is. And Jane and Shepard, it was just black, you know? Like it was very dominantly black. Like I really didn't really see white people. You know? That's because I was going to say, like, growing up in Scarborough was different. Like It, it was different. Like, you didn't really feel that whole black against e- white type e- of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the different. And my school was basically dominantly black, C.W. Jeffries, right? So to me, I was just like, damn, you know, how do I fit in? You went to Jeffries? Yeah, I went to Jeffries. Wow. I say wow because I remember traveling there for like the back, school games the, and stuff. And we were yeah. like, everybody on the bus. Everybody yeah. the bus, we're out. Run. Yeah, I remember. I remember there, like, that's what I was telling you, Dre. Like that scrap that you guys were talking about, like that ball game. Like I was Yo. there. I was on the team. So That's um, crazy. Yeah, so to me, I was just like... Um, it was different, right? Again, none of the cameras worked, you know? Like, it was really, like, you know those movies you used to see? Like, Dangerous Minds? Um, or, I, I can't remember the movie with uh, Coolio. Like, Coolio did a song to that movie. and I know like, what you're you know, talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, it just felt like that. I'm like, yo, the busted down cameras. Like, I could get, I could die right now and no one would know. Like, you know? So I really had, I really opened into my blackness at that school. And I think that was important for me. Um, just knowing that, like, again, I was so closed off. Cause again, like Deanne was saying, like Scarborough is just so multicultural. I wasn't really looking at, you know, this against this, you know? So yeah. in that school, like you really had to tap into your black. Like my swag was so horrible <laughs> my swag was so horrible it was it was crazy so i can only I sh- imagine <laughs> yeah i changed my whole ammo when i think and then when i went to mississauga now that was a completely cultural difference oh. too right because now i went from being at a black school to being at a brown school a brown and asian school right and it's just like damn like rick okay, hansen like, yeah rick hansen uh mm-hmm. so i had to like look at it and just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to graduate and then just do what I got to do, you know? And that was a big key of my transformation, just going through those different schools. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, it's crazy because when I think about it, I, I remember saying, like, what if I went to, Oak, like, lived in Oakville? Like, what would my life yeah, be like right? now? Ask these certain questions. Yeah, I know. I asked these questions too. Again, like high, for high school, I wanted to go to Wexford, right? Like it's an art school. Same. Right? I, I was but, so close. My mom walked to the front door and she saw yeah. smoking weed and she said, Napa. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yep. So for me, it's because I was my, it's my area. So they said I was I wasn't close enough. So I was like, well, that's dumb. I could just you yeah, know. that change that. <laughs> yeah, like that's what happened to a, for uh, a lot of people, right? Like certain areas yeah, they wouldn't that's... allow they wouldn't accept you unless yeah. you're unless you were maybe you know a different skin color we won't i won't i don't know that's that i'm probably going off a limb right now but point is, <laughs> you know uh, what it's crazy because like i moved ha- like halfway i want to say halfway or maybe a year after the first year of vp i technically mm-hmm. shouldn't have been going to vp though see exactly because i was like cross i was gonna... basically wexford or like birchmouth exactly right so um yeah uh but growing up in scarborough wasn't like 
I didn't have any bad problems. I think my just growing up playing hockey was my more of my trials and tribulations where you would hear the n-word and you know you have dads in the in the in the stands just calling you like a piece of black shit and like all this is just wow. like bro it's just a game how, how did you know? how did you deal with uh, that i don't know i i don't know how honestly daryl i don't know how to answer that like i just felt like i just had a determination in my head that i'm like yo i'm going to be the sickest hockey player i don't really care what they say you know like you it was fond of that's big though. that's big pardon me what got you into hockey um nhl 93 <laughs> i played the game and uh <laughs> the video game <laughs> the video game yeah the video <laughs> game got me and i don't know what it was i just I think I just started to pick it up real quick and oh, what players yeah, I think though, it's like... also in your I think it's also in your blood, bro. Yeah, it is. I found out later like my brother was like he mm -hmm. played for the NHL, right? So that was just a crazy thing. Um but to answer Dre's question, my favorite player watching was Yamar Yager. Um obviously you guys probably don't know who he is, but I read it. I read yeah. it. So read he it. um he was just a different kind of player and i was just like let me let me just learn you know and again in mid um elementary school you know there's not a lot of black players so ball hockey i was just like, let me play ball hockey and then eventually like i just kept teaching myself so i taught myself how to skate taught myself how to do this and people just saw that i got better and better so you know again like the the role models outside of the black communities like they would just be like, "Yo, I'm gonna help you." You know, I, I, I your parents probably don't have the money. We'll help you. You know, and I think that was a big. And again, just like Dre said earlier about um, certain people in the daycare, those. If I ever put myself in a position to make something great, like in terms of income, they would definitely benefit from that because they they hold that part in my heart. You know, because they didn't have to sponsor me or do what they did for me. So, I know three coaches. Off the top of my head, I definitely would, you know, be at their front door and just giving them. So if they're listening to this, you know, you don't know. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I just felt like just to wrap up my segment parts. Sorry, guys, I'm taking so goddamn long. But um, I think if you weren't a dancer at a certain point um, growing up, um, you weren't, you know, you weren't cool. I don't know if you guys all had that experience, but uh, in Scarborough, I felt like if you weren't a dancer, it was just a problem, you know, uh, in the black community. Um, but everybody's community is different. Everybody's upbringing is different. And I guess it depends on what type of dancer. Like, are we talking like... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 not, not jam. No, we're talking about like dance. He means like, like a dancer. Like, like a dancer. Mm. Like, remember, remember like, at yeah, that crew. age? Yeah, exactly. Like, you're in a crew... Like, okay. at that time, that's when dancing was really popping in Toronto, right? Like, we can all attest mm. to that. Like, we, everybody was mm -hmm. doing these new dancehall songs, the Harlem yeah. Shake and all that, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah. I didn't really feel that, to be honest. For me, it was more like if you if you were Black and you weren't good at a sport, yes it was different. Ooh, <laughs> that, was, yes. that was what I yes. thought. Like, for me, that, naturally, I love sports. So it wasn't no. like it wasn't like I didn't feel any way. Like I grew up in a household full of sports, and that was just what we did. But like I felt like that was the pressure. Like if you were a black kid 
especially I can only imagine if you were a black kid in a school that wasn't predominantly black, everyone would look mm-hmm. at you like, if you're not good at sports, what are you good type of thing? Yeah. Facts. Exactly. I, I think I think just to, to piggyback over you saying, I think it was more for the guys, it was more for ball. Like the black yep. guys. If you weren't playing ball, like again, that's why I was getting ridiculed. Like, why are you playing hockey if there's a basketball court literally like two seconds away from you? Like, why? You know? And um, it's not like I never liked basketball. I always loved basketball. I still do to this day, as you guys know. But um, hockey was just something that, you know, was something I was better at, you know? And I saw that I was better at. So I just stuck with what I was good at, you know? Yeah, it's crazy, though, because you think, like, obviously, if you're um, not Canadian and you're looking at Canada, you think hockey. So you would think you would have... um, more people like accept i guess accepting of, yes. of hockey um yes. because you know hockey canada usually goes hand yes. in hand. and but, black people and black people made the sport that's what yeah, was making me crazy. more even mad you know so yeah that's the, the biggest thing, about, thing sorry i think the thing about that is just the fact that, like there's no re- that, there's no real like ice hockey rinks like Available what? everywhere. What that, are you well, talking? Not everywhere. Relax, like, relax. Yeah. Now, where where I grew up, there was yeah. none. Oh, oh, I'll oh, talk sorry, about me later. <laughs> you can go. go ahead. I, I was talking already, so I'm good, y'all. I'm interested right. to learn learning everybody else stuff. Well, since I'm here, um, it was growing. What? Well, well, in Toronto, it's, it was very different for me as well, in the sense of. Like when I was in elementary school, there wasn't a lot of black people. Um, there was mostly Muslim, um, white people, and Asian people. But like, I could really count like how many like Caribbean people were around me on my hand. And like, damn, there's Caribbean like like Indian Caribbean that did not accept the Indian Caribbean in them, and they were shifting over to black. And then there were black people. Um, like, I was able to like be able be able to like um, I guess interact with everybody. Like everyone, I was cool with everybody for the most part. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get into a lot of fights though. <laughs> I had a bad, <laughs> I had a bad <laughs> temper. <laughs> I had a bad temper. Like it was bad. Like I would fight for nothing and for everything. Like, okay. wow. I'm, I'm sorry, Dre. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know we only have like eight minutes. Um, did you feel like that anger came from just your living situation? Like just the fact that you only had your mom to depend on? Uh, at the time, no. I think I but was when you like, look back. At the, nah, not when I look back now, like it's, it, I still think it's the same old thing. Like I was a chubby kid. I was... I was mm. with a, lot, a lot of love. Did like, you get picked on? I got people picked used on. To like, okay. I, I got bullied. So it's like yeah, a, it was like a defense mechanism, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I remember. Yeah, you, okay. And if people would try to like friend me up or try to like make me feel good, I I didn't really feel like it was genuine. Mm-hmm. So like I always had like my my guard up. Like, I always had to have my guard up. Um, yeah. Like I used to, like. So when Jermaine talking about like hockey and stuff, like I used to play like um, with mini sticks, like like that was like my thing. So like when you're talking about hockey, like when I'm saying there's no ice rink around, like 
there really was no ice rink around like my area. No, I, I, I know. I, I hear what you're saying. No. I, it took me a while to find out where the ice rinks were. So I, I feel you. Like we found one that was a, a that was away from our school, but like it was, it was, it was driving distance. Like not driving distance, but like it wasn't too far. But we couldn't really walk there. Um, and in elementary school, I had like one black teacher. Legit one. Her name was Miss Shy. She was mad cool with me. Um it was it was different. Like I never really took it in until like later on in life. Like, yo, like I really had like one black teacher at in like in elementary school. Um but I like, in daycare, like I had like had a couple of black people around me, which was important and I appreciate them to the fullest to this day. Um and then going to middle school, I was still around a lot of Muslim people, but I felt like I started seeing more black people. I'm just like, yo, like this is crazy. Like and I started playing basketball a lot more. Um Vince Carter obviously put me on. Like he's he's my Jordan. Shout out to like, Vince Sanity. Like yeah. Vince Carter is my Jordan. Easy. Back. Um that will never change. Um, started playing basketball a lot more. I took it more seriously. I made it on like the middle school basketball team, but I wasn't able to play too much because I had to always pick up my younger sister at the time. Um, so it just did not work out. But when I actually got to like high school, when I actually started playing basketball, like um, I felt like I took it to a different level. Uh, I learned a lot. Like, yo, my, I remember my first games, like, like my grade, grade nine, the team got canceled because of a situation that, that came up with the coach. And in grade 10 is when I actually started playing. It was such a different experience, like playing under rules. Like, it's not like street ball. Like, you can't do yeah. any of the free yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. you couldn't do none of that. And like, on top of that, like, what was so dope about like a basketball team was like, yo, like, it was like everybody that was around me was like, looked like me <laughs> to be honest like for the most part everyone looked like me like everyone that hung out in our spot called t-block and vp my gosh was, yo when i tell you like my locker was a like a good couple feet away from t-block and honestly <laughs> it might sound rude or messed up but it was darker around t-block and i loved it <laughs> i loved it Nobody could really walk through there and feel like, yo, like we can take over this spot. Like I remember there was legit a time where someone, like a group of people were trying to take over T-Block and it didn't work out. It, it got really, it got different around there. But T-Block was a, like the spot where everyone would link up. All the black people would link up. If you were cool with us, you could link up. Um, Let me tell you, as a female, T-Block was different. <laughs> It was intimidating walking through those halls. Why was it different? Okay, like it's so it's different if you had guy friends because then you you you're you're safe. You weren't gonna get clowned, but like there you were getting clowned still, but not as much. It wasn't that deep. Um, but like T block was an actual like T. So you yeah. definitely had to walk through it at some point of the day yep. to get to your locker. Damn. To me, I had to get yep. to uh practice. Oh my yep. god. 
it was close to the gym. It was close to the. It was kind of close to the cafeteria. Like it was like central for everything. Like the library was around the corner. Um, like I remember when I was coaching like the girls' basketball team, and they were in grade nine, and they were walking through T block, and I can see on their face that like they felt like so uneasy because all these girls were Asian girls and brown girls. There's only one black mm-hmm. girl that was on the basketball team at the time, and. I like I always have to make sure like yo like nobody like bumps into them, like I can see how uneasy they felt. But just like yo, I always try to tell them like yo like don't like, don't even worry like you'll be all right like I'm yeah. here like I'm not gonna let anything happen to y'all. So, but T Block was a ruthless block like when it comes to like roasting sessions, when it came to just like just playing different games at the time like Salad where. If you remember what Salad is, Salad. <laughs> Salad was a dangerous game, bro. Oh, <laughs> for real though, for real though. Can you <laughs> Yo, please man. explain what that is? Because I don't know, and I know soccer a lot of teams, fam. Soccer teams. So basically, teams, Salad. So Salad was basically well, it's a. It was technically it's a soccer game, but Salad is basically where someone basically um like take like a tennis ball if they throw it between your legs. Um, you get punched until you touch a doorknob, not a door handle, a doorknob. Um, wow. it was intense. Like there was, I remember there was a time where we were coming back from lunch and someone threw uh, a ball through Mapo's legs and he had to touch a, a random house door, doorknob. And it had to be a <laughs> That's doorknob. That's hilarious. Like it was intense. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> just playing the different games, playing on the basketball team. Um, going through high school and like when Jermaine was talking about like being judged off of doing things that quote unquote black people don't do like there's certain sports I didn't even play because I just I felt like I was going to be judged uh, I remember <laughs> I know like there are black people that play volleyball and one of the like Deanne I don't know if you remember or Daryl of course Relax. <laughs> Relax. Played I, don't Dre. I know you did, but chill, just chill. Because like it wasn't just a black thing. It, it really wasn't. It, it it was me. But um you remember Mr. Ivan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? Holy Mr. Ivan, Mr. Ivan was my gym teacher for like basically all of high school. So even when I had like basketball, like legit basketball class, he was my teacher. And he told me from grade nine to try out for volleyball team every single year, and he was so disappointed in me for not doing it because wow. yo, I, was, I had I had a fear of getting spiked in my face, bro. Like <laughs> I can play. Yeah, it's it, it's a real thing. I got spiked in my face. My glasses broke. Yep. You see, oh, I think Miss Pack also told. Also, did she tell you to do it as well, Miss Pack? Miss Pat, what? she probably yeah. did. I, I had her. I had her as a geography teacher first, but like I knew she was obviously a gym teacher as well. Um, but like, yeah, I wear glasses too. But I never played. I never played basketball with glasses on. I always play without glasses, which was mad risky. And it was kind of interesting. And it was fun because when I would sub in for somebody, like I would not know who I'm guarding because they took. They told me the jersey number. But I wouldn't look at jersey numbers at all. I would see like who's guarding who, and I'll see who is open and guard them. So I really like live life on the edge. Jeez, <laughs> y'all don't even know. Like, yo, I shot I thought, the ball very well. I thought I thought you were playing with contacts at least. Nah, didn't. I, I remember there was a game where um, one of my coaches gave me goggles, 
And I just took that thing off, like, bro, like, this is not helping me. Like, I still can't see. I don't, like, my eyes are not getting poked out at that time, but, like, it was whatever. But, um, uh, in high school, I think, like, that was, like, the probably the time where I met, like, probably, like, my all-time favorite teachers. I've only had her for one class, which I hated the fact that it was only for one class. Cause she I feel like I know who this is. You know exactly who she is, Miss Smarter. Yeah. Um, oh wow. She, she challenged me, man. Like she like to this day I still keep in touch with her, which is honestly like great. Like, um I had her for ent was it anthropology, sociology, and psychology? Um she she legit challenged me like every time if i was late for class like she would look at me and be like so what's up and i'll be like yo like like i I'm just i ate lunch a little late like i'm here though like don't worry like i remember there was a time where like um some girl was presenting something about um commercials or music videos or something like that and like i was looking at the presentation like it was like on a powerpoint and there were like a lot of like black artists, like like Fifty Cent, um, Ja Rule, had Tupac, Biggie, and like all these guys. And like she kind of made it seem like they were bad people. And I was like, and like I looked at Miss Martyr, and I'm like, Yo, are you okay with this? And she's like, What do you see? What the issue is? She already knew. She just was waiting for somebody else to say something. And I was just like, Yo, like, why is she making it seem like black people are bad people? She's like, why don't you say something? I was just like, I can? I was just like, all right, bet. I put my hand up in the middle of this girl's presentation. I was just like, yo, why are all the black people on this slide making, and you're making it seem like they're bad people? And the girl legit stopped and she looked at me and she just like, she looked at her presentation like, damn, like, I didn't even mean it like that. I'm like, well, I'm seeing what you're talking about and I'm seeing what you're implying. So... Not to try, not trying to make you feel uncomfortable or anything, but like I feel awkward right now. Like, and Miss Marta looked at me and she was actually proud of me. Like, when, at that point, I was just like, yo, Miss Marta actually made me feel like I had a voice. Like, she gave me a voice. Like, every, every time like I would have a conversation with with her about anything, like she's always listening to me. She always tried to like dig deep on like certain things as a black student, like. I appreciate her to the fullest. Like when it comes to teachers, like I said, she's like my all-time favorite teacher, even though I had her for one class. Right? So yeah, that's big because for me, it was Ms. Mark. So I, I feel that, and it's funny how the the teachers that made the biggest impact to us were also teachers that we could relate to because they were Facts. black. Honestly, growing up black, like I I think I can speak for all of us. Like yo, I know it's been rough. But it's also been a lot of fun. Like, I have a question to ask you guys before you guys all get tapped in. Did you guys all read Othello? Uh, yes. At some point? Yeah. Yes. Did you guys Did you guys yep. feel uncomfortable? Okay, let me ask you guys. Did you ever feel uncomfortable throughout the reading session? Or did you feel uncomfortable throughout the movie mm -hmm. session? The reading session? Yeah. Yeah? Because I, I, I rarely remember it. I know we did it. But I don't. Yeah, I I feel like I I'm felt uncomfortable, more uncomfortable during the reading session because 
in class, especially if it was a class, but I guess yeah. it was a class thing, yeah, different people would have to read, right? So, like, yeah. different people were saying certain things, and you're like, mm, okay, true. Nobody's, we're, we're all just going to act like, oh, okay, true. Okay, continue reading. It was like, it was weird in that sense, whereas, like, the movie is the movie. Like, it, it's just, you know, acted out how, however. But yeah, that's why for me it was uncomfortable. And then, like, Dang. but also it's like it could be either way because if the teacher specifically asked a black person to read a certain part, then it's like, why'd you choose me? But then if they ask a white person yeah. to read that same part, it's like, okay, well, this person just said this thing, which is kind of racist, but you know, it's it's a school, it's a mandatory right? school book. So let's. But, but I, I hear you. I, it made me feel like, okay, the reason why I say that is because that made me feel uncomfortable just like you guys did and of mice of men like you know where you know where you guys had to like the part where they were saying like instead of saying nigger they said negro Mm -hmm. yeah so that like i'm over here looking at the teacher like yo miss like you're not gonna just tell them to just you know say something else or just say black But it's also interesting to me as to why, like, okay, you guys want us to read that. I I was going to say shit, but I won't do that. Um, (laughs) You guys have us reading that. That's part, that's a mandatory part of the curriculum, but you can't teach proper black history. Get the hell out of here. Yes, but it it just makes me look at them and just be like, okay, like, these guys are really just doing what they're told. Like, a lot of the white Asian people are just doing what they're told. They don't really understand what they're reading. You know, and then you have people in there who actually are like, well, these guys probably deserved it, like, you know, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think the curriculum was fed to them as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just have to bring that up. So, the fact that, like, I've also grown in, like, such a, like, a multicultural environment, and then, like, as I'm older now, like, and you're really taking in Toronto, like, how multicultural Toronto is, it's like, bro this is actually dope like you're able to learn a lot about different cultures if you really want to like when it comes to food fashion history um whatever technology technology like there's so much to it there's so many layers to it as well like it's all like I definitely appreciated that fact for sure trust me so I grew up in the Don Mills area so Don Mills and Lawrence we particular which is very very close to the bridal path so that and bayview so that in itself tells you there's a lot of yeah Uh uh-huh so sorry but like you have you been there like your whole life because it sounds like you have i'm i'm touching on that yes (laughs) i get there that's okay um so yeah there bayview um and bridal path a lot of white people it's it's a very upscale-ish area, if you will. Um, but also a fun fact about Don Mills, Don Mills was the first um, organized community um, in Canada. So there are a lot of old people that live in my area who you will guess are white. Um, and so, yeah, like I grew up in this area my whole life. I've lived in the exact same complex my entire life. Um, and so yeah like everybody that i know in this area that are pretty much that i went to school with so middle or not middle school sorry um elementary school and high school um either still live in the area or they live nearby or like something of the sort so 
Um, yeah, so most of the people were, I would say mostly white. Um, there weren't, now that I think back, like growing up as a kid, especially because for me, like being black was never something like I was picked on about or like anything like that. So really, really now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, wait a second, like there really wasn't that many black kids in my school. Um, but there were other people, other like, um, nationalities and races. So there were brown people, there were Asian people, like there were other people. It wasn't just like white or like black. There were other people. So I guess there was like a good mix. Um, and I think it's been like that throughout all of the schools that I've gone to. So I went to, um, uh, middle school and high school in this area right they're almost right beside each other and then my um my middle school or sorry elementary school my middle school i went to moon valley with Dre and d and even moon valley i mean there are more black people i think at moon valley but it was still pretty like mixed for the most part um and yeah like i i feel like even just as far as racism the only time I can really recall feeling different or like or like someone saying anything about my like about me being black was so I used to go to camp I used to go to this camp called trails which you two may remember or may like have heard me talk about um and basically yeah so basically for every everyone else that doesn't know it was a four-year leadership camp. Um, it was 10 girls and 10 guys. And we basically, it was like a graduation camp. So the first year we would do like just certain activity. Second year would be an activity that was a little more like difficult and so on and so forth. Um, so in our third and fourth year um, in the summers, so we used to go there in the summers for two weeks at a time. Um, and then we would go up to the to the camp, which was like they had like a couple hundred acres of land. They had like lakes on their land, all that kind of stuff. So we used to go up to the to the camp one weekend every month throughout the year. So we were always there. Um, and so yeah, in the summer we used to go and do camping trips. So they'd be like ten day camping trips or eleven day camping trips, stuff like that. Now it's it said that camping is a white people thing, right? Like, even now, yeah, I try to get, yeah. like, my black friends to go camping. They're like, oh, do what? No, we're not. That's not. We we're not going into the wild. Yeah, we're not going. Yeah, I've heard that so I'm many times. No yeah, I was that like, friend. Yes, yes I know until, you enjoy it. Until you tried it. And it wasn't bad, yes. was it? It wasn't, it wasn't bad. as bad as I thought. No. Yeah, so, um... So yeah, there was a time where we were we were coming back from a trip. So at this point, we all look a mess. We spent ten days in the wilderness, no proper shower, like like we just were exhausted. And we stop on our way back to the camp. We stop at this like rest stop um, to use the washroom. Um, and keep in mind the places that we usually go to, they're like national parks or like provincial parks, so they're massive. Um, and they're hours outside of the city. So we would, so we stopped at this place and it was like in some small town, only white people. And in our group, there was maybe like three or four black people. And so I walked, we walked into the place and like everybody looked. And I'm just like, okay, I feel uncomfortable. And 
I was probably at the time I was probably like 16 or 17 that's really the first time that I can say that I felt any kind of way about being black like I knew people were looking at me because I was black like that yeah like that was really the first time I think that I can recall anyway so I think for the most part growing up like it wasn't really a thing um and even just like in high school and things friends that were not black using the n-word which was popular is a popular thing even that was like it I felt uncomfortable but at the same time it was like whatever like everybody's kind of doing it like you can't really control what people I are going to do and say I know it's 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 one of those things um but especially when you're younger you don't know the full extent of the word and like you know just those kind of things and and the people saying it don't either they know that they listen to rap music and Lil Wayne or whoever Craig says it and it's cool right so like um yeah Canada? I felt like I was back home. I traveled a lot when I was younger, so it just felt like I was living a Nigerian lifestyle. And then when I was outside of my house, that's when I was in a Western world. Um, I, a, a multicultural Western world where it was like I had a lot of friends from different areas, different upbringings. Um, I personally loved sports, but I didn't feel like I had to love sports. I, it was just natural to me. Um, but then I also had friends in different pockets, which was different because I was used to having a lot of, I'm going to use the word friends, but it was more like, well, like acquaintances, um, acquaintances now that I like look back at it. Um, But I was used to having, I was used to knowing a lot of people and not really getting into fights. Oh my God. My mom keeps calling Okay. <laughs> what did I say before we started this thing? I was like, my phone. You weren't. You ain't. You ain't. You weren't live. I put it on Do Not Disturb, but clearly FaceTime overrides that. But anyway, it's gonna go back into it. And or she she, if she's again. one of your, if she's one of your favorites, it will override it. True. Okay. But what was I saying? Ugh, this is so annoying. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I was living in an African household which was very different, but I never got teased for being African. So I feel like that was the biggest thing that I wanted to say, because I, I know when I listen to a lot of people talking about um, growing up in a different world that's not, like, I guess, where their parents are from, they often got teased from where they were from. I never got that, and I, or at least not, nothing that I can remember. Um, it was more just like, um, I knew that I was African and I knew where I came from. Uh, but at the same time, I think part of it was the way that I was set up. So I don't have, like, legally, I don't have an African name, uh, first or last. So that, I think, set me different in the sense of, like, trying to get a job, um, teachers pronouncing my name during class. Like, it was never the, I had to correct the teacher because they couldn't pronounce my last name or, um, I like, like, I... I I like the fact that you brought that up because I was gonna ask you guys: Have you yeah. ever have you ever witnessed? <laughs> Anyone definitely witnessed it? You witnessed right, like someone fucking up somebody's name. Yeah, my name all the time. Really? Oh yo, my yo, god! I gotta hear this. I gotta hear listen, Mopo. I remember. I oh my god! Mopo's not here with us right now, but 
I will always remember I was in science class in grade seven and Mapo was new and he comes into the class. Our teacher, her name was Miss Fitz. She was Trini. Oh, gosh. And, and Trini and she messed up the name? Trini's, oh. no. Trini's make jokes about everything, okay? So, and also yeah, I'm nice. Trini, right? So she put on her little accent, but I understood because my parents are Trini, right? My whole family's Trini. So Mapo comes in and she, I, I'm sitting at the front of the class and she um, talks, she's like said something to the like um, student teacher who was, I think, I forget her name, but anyway, she was Jamaican or something, another island. I remember this. And she said to her, she's like, oh, like, um, how do you say this? So she shows her the paper. <laughs> and so um, she's like, she's like, it looks, she's like, it's looking like nymphos. And I'm like, oh my God. And then she's like, how do you say your name? And he's like, Mopo. And she's like, Mopo. And he's like, Mopo. And she was like, okay, class, this is Mopo. He's new, whatever, whatever. I will never forget oh, that name. Ever, ever, ever. I was oh, like, yo, this lady really called God. him Nympho. Are you the kidding? The inner Guyanese in me. Yeah, <laughs> it so yeah, it was funny. But from personal experience, yes, all the time. It's Man- Mandissa. I get Mandissa a lot. Mandissa? Man- yeah, Mandissa, Mandissa, <laughs> and I'm like, it's Mandisa, or I'll say like, call me Mandy. Wow. And to be honest, because of that, for a long time, it wasn't until I started college that I actually embraced Mandisa, like my full name, and I allowed people to call me Mandisa because. Right. I think growing up, people just automatically called me Mandy, and it's just a name that stuck with me. Even like my parents will call me Mandy for yeah, the most part, um, and that's just been the name that stuck with me throughout. Um, but then once like college came, I was like, okay, well, on the attendance it says Mandy, so I'm an adult. Let me just embrace the shit. And like over time, it just it just came and stuck. And now I love my name Mandy. And there are certain people that know me as Mandisa and I'm like, you can just call me Mandy and they're like, no, that's weird. Like I can't. And I'm like, but I'm more Mandy than I am Mandisa to like the people that I know. And they're like, no, no, no. We know you as Mandisa. That's what we're going to call you. I'm like, all right, cool. Oh, it's trust me. Way. I know all about that. It's crazy. <laughs> I feel no. like it's crazy because I, re- I, now that I look back at it, I think the reason why I didn't correct people on my name was because it was just like, one, it's a hassle. Two, they were pronouncing it the English way. So I was like, who am I to tell you, like, okay, well, you're pronouncing yeah. it the English way, but it's, that's yeah. not how you say my name. And then mm-hmm. at one point, my mom switched up too. And she, she was calling me that because that yeah. was the quote unquote English way to say my name. But mm-hmm. I was so used to hearing nicknames, um, like from the people yeah. that are close to me, that it never really bothered me that much because no one was actually yeah. calling me out my name. Like, it was usually be. Die die. I'm not gonna say what my dad calls die, me. Die die. That's gonna expose me. Um, yeah. But it was never like a form, like my full name. So I think that's why it didn't really bother me as much. And then obviously when you mm-hmm. get to university and you get to a full time career job, and they're like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna get y'all to get this right." From the <laughs> beginning. Call, yeah. Call me by my first name. But even now, right. to this day, six years in, no one calls me by my name. Yeah. It's true. Even us, like, <laughs> uh, like. I, I I think I've always known you as Diane, 
but it's yeah. only recently that you've been like it's, it's actually dn and even yeah. now when i talk to you sometimes i'm just like d because <laughs> out of out of like habit i want to call you diane but i but i'm also trying to be conscious of the fact that you've already acknowledged that it's actually dm so i'm like okay d, <laughs> d. okay yeah i call it's you like, Deanne yeah. still you know yeah yeah, it's hard. It's honest. It's hard to like when you know something as something for so long, and then you yes. like are corrected. It's hard. It's like a conscious thing to have to switch that. Yeah. Off, yeah, Dan. No, no, I, I feel you because <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like um like again, Cosby's called me Bennett for since since we were six, you know. So for him, mm-hmm. when he calls me Jermaine, sometimes I'm like, oh, it sounds weird coming from you. It's you yeah. know what I mean. Um, it's, it's not like it's not like I don't know my name, but like it's just he's always called me this You're for so long. You're used to certain people yeah. like calling you certain things. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So. Yeah. You were talking about butchered names. <laughs> they butchered my name. <laughs> they it was so stupid. Wow. It was Andre? so stupid. Like I, I, I get so like, it's like, yo, like, can you not read? People always add a W at the end of my name. Andrew. Yes. What's up, Andrew? Andrew, where do you see Andrew? I, you know, I used to. Go, you remember Andrew, Andrew Anderson, Andy? Mm. Andrew Anderson. Light skin dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Lloyd yeah. Banks. Yes, Lloyd Banks. Yes, Lloyd Yo, Banks. I remember him. Me, me and him used to like sit next to each other, and we, the teacher would read the attendance, and the teacher would say Andrew's name, and then the teacher would look mm-hmm. at me, Andrew. I'm not Andrew. Like you know that <laughs> you, you just said the man's name. Yeah. Like how are you gonna how are you gonna say, how are you gonna get Andrew from my name? That makes no sense. Yeah. To me. Or some That's people call funny. me Andrew. Um, how like that's damn. crazy? I think no, that's just pure Trust me. stupidness. Trust me, I, like, yeah, that's, I've, that's, I've, that's, I've experienced it. Like that's, 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 yeah, that's, it made no sense to me. You, sure, have, just, you have a very straightforward name, Andre Smith. Like yes, uh, yeah. thank you. No? <laughs> it's out of sheer disrespect. Still, mm-hmm. man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Mopo's name? Sorry, just yeah. to say Mopo's name. Like I've sat in class and I used to get cheese. When T- yeah, I would get. Fam, if T- if Mapo would say his name, repeat what the man said. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> that is it, Mapo? Repeat. Right. I've never been in that situation, so I would. I'm like curious to know. You know. Okay. Well, a divorce it brings out the worst in people. Yeah, um, di- different different ways of emotions. True. Yeah. yeah. Fight. So, yeah. Putting kids in the middle. I'm also like, I come from a divorce. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. Damn. Okay. But yeah, so go you ahead, and I are in the boat. Yeah. I feel your pain and you feel my pain as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being um, with somebody who's like, both sides are mixed, right? But my father is like your skin tone, Mandisa. And then my mother is like a little bit lighter than me. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear certain things that you wish that you never heard some racial yep. slurs or some things like i wish you never lived and stuff like that so oh, i know those ones still yeah that's so, just a caribbean thing to say uh. yeah yeah well there's a lot more if you from the caribbean and you know you know it's oh, just, i know um, i just want to say that uh, it is a again like i said at the beginning it is a new year 
I want you guys to venture off, do everything that you guys have your mind set on to our viewers, to our audience, you know, keep locking in and again, speak your mind, own your truth and keep rocking with DT. I give, I give Mandisa her props for her situation. I give Jermaine and everybody else their props for their situations and trials because you know, it was fun. Some of it was fun, but it wasn't easy at other times too, you know? So, mm-hmm. just yeah, recognizing I that. I couldn't imagine yeah. still. Um, I, I remember just having conversations with, um, you know, different people who have both sides. Like, you know, obviously there's a part of you that leaves when that person has to leave, you know? Yeah. I, I appreciate you got, you sharing that, Daryl. Um, this was uh, this was exciting to be back, you know. Get this one out. You can kind of brush it off our shoulders. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. I actually um, I love actually, y'all. I love you guys too. I do know that Deanne and I talked. Like obviously, this was when she came up with the segment. It was more supposed to be like banter, you know. Um, and um, obviously, I shared with her that if we were in person, it would come off a lot more different you know just via zoom you know but i felt like we held our own you know i got to learn a little bit more about you guys for sure Mm -hmm. i still feel Uh, like there's there's more to the conversation too because now i'm like when did i like meet jermaine and like what point of my life where were we at like you know what i mean yeah. Well, I know where we were at still. <laughs> I still don't remember. You remind me every time. You gotta talk like, about this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember vividly still. I, I remember was, when I met Jermaine also. I remember when I met you too. So um, I just want to say that uh, it is a, again, like I said at the beginning, it is a new year. I want you guys to venture off, do everything that you guys have your mind set on to our viewers, to our audience. Know, keep locking in and again speak your mind own your truth and keep rocking with dte for more dte content go ahead and click that like button click that subscribe button follow us on social media at dte 2020 and don't you forget share and comment in the comment section below definitely want to hear your guys feedback and we definitely want to hear your guys truth So keep it going, speak your mind, you know what it is, it's DTE, yeah!